0: Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the show made by casual players for casual players. Welcome again to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast the podcast made by and for casual players uh, i'm brad and you know last time we started with the uh the michigan crew so this time let's start introducing the uh, colorado crew
1: hey it's leroy
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> well the colorado crew i guess you know they're in a different time zone so i guess that affects their response time there but uh
2: Leroy has has journeyed forward through time to get here for this podcast
0: that's true and we appreciate that so yeah who we got uh we got two northern Michigan representatives who's the the furthest north
1: I do believe that would be me uh taking up the uh tip of the uh middle finger uh ring (laughs) finger area (laughs)
0: That will be a joke for Michiganders and Michiganders only.
2: <laughs> and uh, this is Zach, and I'm in Claire, Michigan. All
0: right, and then we got the Deegemeister.
3: Yes, from Grand Rapids.
0: Grand Rapids. All right. Cool. So, wow, we I don't think we've had this much uh, breaking news to announce on a podcast.
1: I feel like we should have um, that little news, like little <laughs> thing that sounds, yeah, <laughs>
0: yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We got to work on getting that. But yeah, there's there's been some really big announcements that have pretty much rocked the Magic world since uh, since you kind of broke the story on our website, Zach. Uh, why don't you give us a little summary of the couple things that have come down the pipe today?
2: All right. So the the latest thing is some news on the Planeswalkers in M12. Uh, from the promo pictures, we knew that we would be seeing. Um, return Planeswalkers, we have uh, Soren Markov uh, in a reprint confirmed, um, fairly certain uh, we have a reprint of, of Gideon, it's a little soon to get him a, a new card, but I think last week uh, rumors started flying around, uh, somebody had discovered that the names of the Garrick, Chandra, and Jace cards in Japanese were not the same as the names of cards that have already been printed, but uh, so it appears that Garrick, Jason, Chandra are new cards, and the the latest thing is that somebody in Japan thinks they've they've got the full text for Garrick, and so that's been translated into English, turned into a mock-up, and it's on our, our blog now, uh, along with uh, what appears to be confirmed art for both Garrick Jay, uh, and the other two Planeswalkers, along with... Uh, just some speculative abilities. So, so don't, don't get too worked up about the Jason Chandra we have posted, but the the uh, abilities for Garrick appear to be legitimate.
0: Which would be, uh, the first one is plus two to search your library for a basic land card and put it onto the battlefield tapped. That seems very uh, consistent with, with what we've seen from Garrick, I think. The other is a plus one to put a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield. The last one is minus six to put a two two green wolf creature onto the battlefield for each creature and land you control, so that's that's pretty awesome.
1: I like the fact that it's a basic land card, and each land you control it's not specific to forest I mean I mean being triple green,
2: he's darn near mono green, but still
0: that's true yeah
2: yeah i really do like his his casting cost being all as purely green as he really could be,
0: yeah, and uh. The the art for Jace, as I as I've said, is pretty hilariously emo, or possibly uh, as Josh said, anime. <laughs>
1: um, or rocker, as we've come to realize.
0: Or rocker. Oh you know,
1: punk rock. Emo that's rock. Right.
0: <laughs> um, but Garrick looks pretty much the same and Chandra looks pretty much the same.
1: Beautiful as ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's it's pretty cool, and I'm glad that well, you know, I'm, I'm confused as to why they need to continue um, bringing in new versions of Jace, but...
1: Well, we know why one of them is coming in, Zach. That... Yeah,
2: you segues to the, the next news. Whereas our first item of news is going to just increase speculation, um, the second item of news sort of brings it to an end. The bannings for this quarter were announced, and for the first time since the last time we were in Mirrodin, <laughs> we have bannings in Standard. Um, and the culprits, of course, Stoneforge, Mystic, and Jace, the Mind Sculptor. Gasp. Gone.
1: In standard. That's the big thing here, though. Make sure right. you recognize that this is standard only.
0: So I know, yeah, we we let off the last um, episode talking about a, a victory for casual players, but I really had no idea um, how quickly that, that would be overshadowed by this one. Um, I think removing Jace and... And to a lesser extent, uh, Stoneforge Mystic, in my opinion, um, they're both a huge victory for casual players because it's going to open up a lot of, uh, creativity in deck building that, you know, and Zach, you wrote, you wrote an article on this and, and said that, you know, you pretty much, you have to have these cards to be competitive in standard right now. And it's just, I don't know, it's sort of an exhausting thought to me that, you know, I don't, I don't really like telling me or anybody telling me what I have to have in my deck. So,
1: Well, I don't think it's anyone specifically saying what you have to have. I think the main point is, it's like a lot, it's just like, it's a progression of like, okay, so the Jace the Mayan Sculptor is necessary for its card draw. Okay, so that being said, the Stoneforge Mystic pulls out your sword that you, is necessary to pound someone in the face, and with the sword, the Stoneforge Mystic pulls out we have the hawks which are necessary because they're going to pull in four of them and they're just going to pull each other out of their deck so you now have flying sorted birds and now you have coblade i mean it's just like this progression it's like it, there there is no other way to actually like consistently win you know i mean i know we were saying how it's awesome that the vampires won but consistency like the Cobblade is just simply, well, if this, then this, then this, then this, then this. And you're like, oh, okay. So basically I have no, you know, in a sense, you have no options in building a deck if you want to be able to win now. Just because nothing can say anything against that. There's nothing. So even
2: if you weren't just building this deck because you saw it on the internet, even if you were building from the ground up, these are plain and simple, the best cards out there. And so the two deck types become Cobblade and not Cobblade in which you're, you're building deliberately so that you're not doing cobble. And
1: to not do cobble, you have to simply ignore the best cards in Standard.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. I thought the one uh, the one exception was hilarious. A lot, of, a lot of people thought that they wouldn't ban Stoneforge just because of the event deck. Well, they made yes. the event deck legal. As long as you're playing the out-of-the-box War of Attrition, you can still have the two Stoneforges in your deck.
1: Well, they figured you're not going to win anyway. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, it's not like it's actually being used for anything. I mean, what, didn't they just put, like, the Sword of Vengeance in there?
2: Yeah, no? there were no real swords. I mean, Sword of Vengeance and Bone Horde, we, we talked about last week how yeah. how weak it was. Even e- even when I added in another stone forge, threw in a sword, it still couldn't be uh, the out-of-the-box rot from within.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think it's uh, it's pretty awesome, and it, I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be pretty ticked off because, you know, obviously they've spent hard-earned money on uh, buying the best cards, hundreds of dollars on on Jace and stuff like that. But I mean, how much longer could we really stand to play against the same card in every single deck?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the big thing that I mean the one argument that I can almost understand is that he rotates out in a couple months.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's what everyone was playing toward. And I I think it's a little bit of a low blow in the sense that, you know, if it was just a couple more months, what what is, like, honestly, in, like, the grand scheme of Magic, what's the actual, like, difference? I mean, I know, you know, I think it was Zach, you were saying in your article that, like, they're trying to sort of revamp some, like, interest uh, with Innistrad coming out and sort of make that, you know make it so that people are actually playing again. But do you really think people are going to just jump in all of a sudden now that Jace is gone?
2: Well, I think it was discouraging to go to Friday Night Magic when you didn't have a $500-plus deck and just lose and lose. I think one, one of the things that Aaron Forsythe, the uh, guy from R&D that posted these bannings this morning, one of the things he um, cited as being a, a reason for doing this was the fact that attendance across the board, uh, from Friday Night Magic all the way up to, you know, Grand Prix attendance was, was way down. Mm. And I think a lot of the buzz for Innistrad and a lot of the excitement is going to be generated at those events, players talking and speculating on what's to come.
1: Okay. maybe it might be a good call then. I mean, I know some people are complaining about the fact that, uh, I mean, I've seen lots of uh, things around, you know, once I saw that it hit, people are going like, well, what about all these Jaces I just bought? Is the value going to be like, are they worthless now? I mean, I I don't think they'll be worthless either. I I still think that Legacy is still going to want them in the same, you know. I don't think it's going to change the way Legacy looks at Jace. No, I I
2: don't think so at all. I think overnight prices went down about 20 bucks but i i think they'll they're not going to go much lower and but possibly they'll bounce back a little because you still want four of them in any legacy deck
1: yeah i mean i mean look at tarmigoy for example i mean it's out of standard now everyone was like oh Tarmagoy's rotating out of standard what's going to happen i'm looking it up right now it's still it's 77 dollars, 91 75 dollars I mean, it, it's not going to matter. These guys who are freaking out about their Jace going out, you know, the price, it might drop a little bit just because it's what happens naturally when someone releases bad news. Everyone goes, oh, it's worthless now. But I think it'll be basically just like tarmogoyf one of those cards that's just, you know, people who like to play Legacy are going to know they have to play. <laughs>
0: yeah, it will always be just an amazing card.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just its too much card advantage to not acknowledge. But I am I am glad to see it go and I wave it a farewell, goodbye, smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, not to mention the fact that you uh sold your Yeah, I already chase. sold my
1: chase, so I'm all good anyway. <laughs> Before the price went down.
0: Well yeah, so that'll definitely shake things up a bit. I'm really excited to talk uh about our experience this past weekend, uh, because, you know, the casual planeswalker team was was able to meet up and participate in, you know, the event that we were talking about, uh, last week, the commander, commander event, which was specifically set up as a casual event, but, you know, they mixed in a little bit of, uh, competitive motive there with giving away, uh, prizes to the, um, the winner of that event. And they gave away, uh, door prizes at the, at the card shop we were at. And they also um, had a promo card that everybody got for showing up. Um, I know I had a blast, but uh, what did you guys what did you guys think about the Commander event?
1: It was okay.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. No, go with DJ. I've been chatting it all up.
3: Well, I had a great time. I know I've been excited for Commander, and I'm sure you guys have too. But I haven't been able to play it in a long time because of the summer, so. I had, like, the first chance in a long time to play Commander. with new decks, and there's a lot of cool stuff in it, too. Uh, now, which, which deck did you end up choosing? I chose Mirror Mastery, the blue, red, and green deck. And it was pretty cool, even though I think there were two people that played it. In your game? no, no total. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like. But we actually had three people play Heavenly Inferno in our game. Oh, man. So they all had to choose different generals.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh but yeah. It cause ended you can. up being really cool. Good call. Have, Heavenly Inferno is the black, red, and white deck based on demons, dragons, and angels. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't sound <laughs> fun. Uh, we had a game. Um, I chose the deck that I knew I was going to choose, which is uh, Devour for power, a black, blue, and green reanimator sort of. You know, graveyard manipulation deck, and also played in a pretty balanced game, uh, because across the table I had a, uh, mirror mastery. And then, uh, Zach, uh, which deck were you playing?
2: Uh, I went with Counter Punch.
0: That's the, uh, green, black, and white deck that plays with, um a lot of tokens,
1: right?
2: Yeah, a lot of tokens, a lot of counters, right up my alley. Okay. <laughs>
1: um, That's the one with the, uh, the spirit general, right?
2: Uh, yeah, card or, uh, card or Ghost Chieftain. Um, yeah. But I didn't use him. I used uh, Gave Guru of Spores.
1: Okay. So, you, so, you know, know it's when I was playing, the guy I played against used the um, Ghost Chieftain, and it was absolutely insane because no matter what time of the game it was, I mean, it was, this was late game and the thing had, like, four counters on it, he was still casting it for, like, five. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like,
2: oh, come on. The problem with that deck, I felt like, there was there's sort of an internal tension between cards like Card or that need there to be cards in the graveyard and uh, cards like that. Uh, what was it? What is it? The, the ooze. The scavenging ooze that
3: eats uh, cards
2: out of graveyards and Necromancer yeah. that eats cards out of graveyards.
1: Maybe the point... Oh, we can say...
2: Well, as to say, depending on, on my mix, I, I sort of had to choose to go one way or the other. Like, when we were at the, the final table, Josh, I got Necrogenesis out early. I, I drew Corridor, but he would have been absolutely useless on the board because I had mm. everybody's graveyard.
1: Yeah. Huh. And now, Corridor's only your graveyard, correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Hmm.
2: And it's tough to find things in a grave in your graveyard when it's mostly saprolings that are hidden in the dirt
1: yeah I really think about that you kind of you really it, needed to have uh, the devour for power deck going to get that synergy between them
0: blah. yeah scavenging ooze tore my deck apart in our game uh, once you got that out it, i I had no way to stop it and it was just eating things from my graveyard, which you know pretty much neutralize me, but I was thinking that the Scavenging Ooze would be pretty cool uh, late game, and, you know, you attack with this uh, seemingly harmless 2-2, and if the opponent you're attacking doesn't really have an answer, you know, then you remove all the creatures you've been building up in your graveyard, and suddenly he becomes like a twelve-twelve or something like that.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think they're, I, I don't have it fully worked out, because I don't think we, we really played them enough, but I think there's sort of a rock, paper, scissors Thing going on with the deck. Um, I, I I felt like uh, my deck, Brad, sort of shut down. Devour for power, so counterpunch over devour for power, and mirror mastery. Uh, I feel like was the only thing in our first game keeping political puppets in check, and it's the only deck that got the new land uh, homeward path, which is which has tap. Each player gains control of all creatures he or she owns.
0: Yeah, which so is completely deliberate. Hate
2: for one deck.
0: Yeah, and I wish uh, our mirror mastery friend would have gotten that out. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if the. Uh... Yeah, the gift giving was insane. I mean, Josh, you played you played with political puppets and oh, yeah. saw how how powerful it is.
1: Yeah, I I did feel like I had. Um... I mean, I know these aren't, like, championship-class decks, but I, I did feel like I had a lack of viable targets uh, for my gift-giving, you know? I mean, there, it, it didn't really have anything that I could give you that didn't benefit you yeah, or hurt me directly. You know, because I, I didn't... My, my creatures, you know, the ones... I, I have big creatures... So I don't, I don't really want to toss those at you. Uh, and I have some small creatures that really don't make sense for me to play at all. And so I could get those and gift them to you, but then you're just smacking me with them, and my gaining life is just annoyingly... You know, I can't block your creature because if it dies, now I've just wasted a ton of mana to give you a creature that dies.
2: I think one thing that the guy that was playing political puppets at our table uh, did that was smart was... He started giving away land.
1: Yeah, that's the only. that was the only viable thing that I could give away was lands. That was the same thing I found. I was just giving away, like, I was like, here, take a plains. Take a, you know, take one of my islands. Take, you know, and eventually everything I had given out in the end was just land to
0: people. Yeah. I, do, I do think there are several, uh, the creatures that are definitely meant to be given away are the ones with coming into play abilities that never activate again, so like the Arbiter of Nullridge, mm-hmm. the Court Hussar and Flametongue Kavu, you know, they come in, deal do your bidding, and then you can, you know, safely pass them off because you have very highly defensive and invincible creatures and now, you know, some opponent has a four two with no yeah. other activated abilities or
1: Now what's really funny is to play something like, you know, the Arbiter of Null Ridge because if I've got one of the Gomazoas out, and he attacks me, I put them both back on my library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm
0: or even, uh, you know, the Izzet Kronarch yeah. comes into play, gets something back from your graveyard, mm-hmm. and then you can give them away.
1: Okay, well, I never drew any of those, so managed those... ever in any of my games I played. <laughs>
3: There's a the guy at our table that had uh, used cards that just... Affected everybody, and it didn't matter who controlled it. Like, Howling Mine is in the deck.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a
3: good, good thing point. to give away. There's yeah, a I never like once that. drew that. Yeah. Things like that would be good additions. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought that the deck was insanely powerful. I mean, it was just... The, the gift-giving, even even giving a land, though, you know? At one point, I had given away lands, and so I drew three cards and gained three life on my turn. <sighs> Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> our guy was drawing probably four or five cards each turn at some point, and, you know, nobody could really do anything about it. Uh, that was with Zedru, the gate, the great-hearted, which is, you know, the obvious choice for general in, the, in that deck. Yeah. Uh, I don't think
2: anybody... Well, the only thing that stopped the guy playing political puppets at our table from winning was the fact that you decked him. Brad, right? as so we joined forces
0: to attack him. <laughs> well, I tried my gosh darnedest, but he was doing some silly uh, trickery there at the end to stay alive with Spell Crumple. He was Spell Crumpling his own Pollen Lullaby um, in between triggers for, you know, Draw Step and Howling Mind Draw Step. <laughs> so he just kept countering and putting on the bottom of the library his own two cards, which was very, very clever, but... Uh, but ultimately useless. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, he stayed alive and was able to sort of give his nod to the, the winner of his choice, which is <laughs> very noble of him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I happened to be the one to come back quickest from the last board wipe out of Mirror Mastery, and so that allowed me to, to take that, that first table with with uh, Mason, who was playing Political Puppets Blessing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I know the one thing for me that I noticed about playing these games, um, for some reason, something you just said there just made this click in my head, but how absolutely long these games went.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) These were some legit, like, it felt really like when you get together with your friends every week and play Magic and you start, you know, playing different formats and stuff to mix it up and you don't mind a game... You know, maybe you're only going to play one game that night because it's uh, an emperor, you know. uh,
1: Or you told your wife you'd only play one game (laughs) 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 three hours later. (laughs)
0: That was a brilliant, brilliant uh, ploy that one of our our friends would use pretty regularly. (laughs) He's like, well, let's play a, you know, three-team, three-person. What what was the biggest game we played? Was that like...
1: Oh, my gosh. It was four-headed giant.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Like two teams of four-headed giant against each other.
1: I <laughs> remember at one point when it got we like countered the counter that was countered on a counter, and I oh yeah, it was just like,
0: <sighs> oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, I I know we played uh at least several games of like three teams of emperor, yeah. three or four teams of emperor, and I know it would just be like okay, giant board wipe, game winning condition and then somebody would have an answer you know like it was awesome i remember somebody made like infinite tokens or something and i was just like and he was like so you know i win and i'm like well actually no i have sneak attack and i'm gonna put out a crater hellion so they're all dead you know (laughs) i guess i guess you probably didn't see that coming but it just happened
3: (laughs) i was actually really surprised that i didn't get bored and like The four hours we were playing the same game. (laughs) That's a very good point. It was so dynamic. I love these decks. Um, I think it's because ah. they can get out huge cards really quickly, and they know how to play them. Like with Lightning Greaves, you can start attacking ahead of time. And then the next turn, they're all dead. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But it just keeps going on and on like that, and it's really fun.
1: We had an awesome combo between uh, my my political puppets, and then the guy next to me who was playing um, Devour for Power, he had out uh, Grave Pact, and I got out the... Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of what it's called.
0: Martyr's Let's
2: Bond. Oh, Martyrs yeah, Bond. Yep.
1: Martyr's Bond. And so, anytime any of us lost a creature, it was effectively Wrath.
2: because
1: <laughs> 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 Everybody else had to sack two <laughs> all the way down. So I'd lose one, they'd sack, but since I would lose one, he would have to sack, and so he would lose one, and I would have to sack, and it was just like everyone sacked two to each of our one. It was just pff, done. Board clear. <laughs> Eventually, someone killed all the enchantments. I think it was the Mirror Mastery guy. has the Is that the Mirror Mastery guy who's got the kill all enchantments? Nope. You know what? It was me, actually. <laughs> just kidding. I've got the white, uh, the pick two white spell. I'm, I'm so bad with card names. But it's the Kill All Creatures, less than 3 mana, more than 3 mana, and then Kill All Enchantments and Artifacts, pick 2. I can't think of what it's called. Anyway, I played that because I was getting sick of all the creatures dying.
0: I loved the Join Forces cards. <laughs> <laughs> They're so awesome.
1: Uh At one point we put out 26 lands each player.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Basically I know. it was strip all
2: the basic lands from your deck. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how many soldier tokens did we each get, Zach? I
2: think we, it was 30 something, I think. It's like 32. It didn't matter, because. The... We, all, we all milled 19 cards one time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in an effort to take down political puppets. That didn't work. But.
2: Yeah, so close.
0: It was great. We played at Hall of Heroes again in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and, you know, can't say enough good things about that place. Uh, they had those cool door prizes. DJ and I. Ended up, uh, you know, lucking into those really cool Elder Dragon Vault boxes.
1: Yeah, those are awesome.
0: They're specifically set up for Elder Dragon, so they come with 150 sleeves, a couple 10-sided dice, and then some some tokens, and there's space in the box for four decks. So that was awesome. And Josh, you ended up actually going to the final round, or both Josh and Zach went to the final round, and, and uh, Josh actually walked away with the victory, so.
1: Yeah, and a, uh, and an extra ED, er, well, an extra commander deck from it. I was kind of so excited about that. Which so, did you
2: pick, Josh?
1: I ended up picking the, uh, the Mirror Mastery. It was the other one I was really, like, kind of, well, it was the one I actually wasn't on the fence about getting right away, because I was almost, I was trying to decide between Counterpunch and Political Puppets, and then when I won a free one, I got Mirror
2: Mastery. <laughs>
1: But I don't know. It just it looked really fun. I really liked the um, the two reflections commander. Or is that
2: is was it Kiku? Two reflections. Riku
3: yeah, Riku was the two no, reflections. Kiku. He was yeah really, Riku. He,
2: he came out what half a dozen times in that first game we played, Brad. Oh it was, yeah, it was uh, costing that that guy uh, fourteen to play Riku at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty epic.
3: I played him all the time too because I felt like he should be out since he was my general and I didn't want to play the other spells in my hand because I wanted to copy them.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes those spells in your hand can, uh, can come back to bite you, can't they, Zach? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. I-, I did not last long at that final table on account of my own token.
1: <laughs> I-, I would say that that was pretty much top deck of Commander, like, of ever in Commander.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the the top deck of the day. I had, uh, I had just successfully cast... Storm herd to put uh, twenty four Pegasus tokens into play,
1: and I top decked Insurrection.
2: <laughs> so immediately, my twenty four uh, Pegasus tokens were were under Josh's control and then heading my way. And strangely, there were exactly enough of them to kill me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so sad though because I just I looked at the card and I was just like, oh no. <laughs>
2: Not a bad yeah. way to go,
0: though. Uh, mentioning that makes me realize that our political puppet stack actually didn't even have insurrection because I was able to mill that pretty early on. And also, um, the answer his answer to mill, which he has in the uh, oh yeah, the Jotun grunt, mm-hmm. um, was also exiled. So this guy was playing political puppets with, you know, two of. Two pretty crucial cards in that environment removed from the game essentially, and still was able to basically control the game. Yeah, I felt like I mean, despite Mirror Mastery's best efforts, um, political puppets still ended up playing everybody like puppets.
1: <laughs> Blah.
0: And won the tournament. So I mean, there's, there's
1: I gotta do be think, something there. I think it is a pretty powerful deck. I think um, of all of the, the just the out of the box commander decks i think that that one is just disgusting
0: it's not like you know amazing i don't know it's not like a bunch of like beat sticks or anything it's basically just a different way to play and it takes people by storm because it's not it's not often that people play that way i mean i know josh you tend to like to play that way anyways um, but
2: it's a much you know more effective in the multiplayer setting oh
0: right? yeah Absolutely Wither did a
2: really great job building all these decks.
1: Oh yeah, I mean just it was it just they did really good synergy. I mean I know one thing I really liked that I got a huge kick out of was the, the Death by Dragons card, where um, you know you've you've given every person playing except one a five-five flying dragon. Um, you know in and of itself you're like ha ha that person's kind of screwed. Well when you play Insurrection after that you go oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm in control of four 5-5 five, five flying dragons Plus every other creature on the board And you just, you know, you're popping people off I mean, just, I know you guys found cool little, uh, little uh, symbiotic relationships Between uh, cards in your decks
0: uh, uh, Yeah, it was, it was really interesting to work through the deck And just, you know, put your creative mind to work constantly To be thinking of a solution to whatever is out on the board
2: I think that was especially true of the counterpunch deck because there were so many ways to manipulate and move around counters that there were only a, a few things really slowed me down. And in, the, in that first game, the, the thing that really got me was the uh, patron of the Nizumi that was going to make me lose one life every time a saproling bit the dust. And so I couldn't use uh, Gave to his full potential because all he does is make and kill saproling
1: yeah if there was one thing that i think that these decks could have used um if i were to just throw in my two cents about like what it i think they were all actually lacking was spot removal uh it just yeah. wasn't actually, there. there
2: were a few things in each deck i know i had uh mortify and i think i had maybe the one doom blade but that was it in 100 cards
1: yeah, I mean, I know I had the enchantment that I can exile an attacking cre- a creature attacking me, but yeah. I could do it once.
0: I don't think I had any. <laughs> I no. had the Vows, and then I have, like, Grave Pact and the, uh, the guy from the Malakir. <laughs> what, what was his name? Yeah,
1: Butcher, the Gatekeeper. Malakir. Oh, no, the Butcher Malakir, yeah.
0: Yeah, Butcher Malakir. So two versions of Grave Pact, basically, to try to curb other people's uh, creatures, but... Other than that, I don't think I had any spot removal.
2: I think that's an, another way in which that Rock, Paper, Scissors thing is happening, Brad. In response to your Grave Packs, I was perfectly fine just sat in that i but I, I think most of the time, Counterpunch is going to be Devour for Power. Devour for Power is going to beat Heavenly Inferno by stealing the biggest cards from their Graveyard. Uh, Heavenly Inferno is going to be quicker than Mirror Mastery. Mirror Mastery has the answers to political puppets... The by Bane. And <laughs> and, and I think It has like the card
1: that it, returns them, yeah, to their to owners.
2: ...heal the, the Counterpunch's army. I mean, I, I, I basically think that that's the way that they they sort of had that planned out.
1: Ah, yeah, I never saw that line.
0: <clears throat> I think you're right, and uh, DJ actually noticed that, you know, each of the boxes is aligned with one color specifically. Um, Devour for Power's color is actually green, a political puppets is red, Counterpunch is black, Mirror Mastery is blue, and Heavenly Inferno is white. So I wonder, yeah, <laughs> I should be able to think of this, but, <laughs>
1: is that? The blue took the red as far as the Mirror Mastery taking political puppets. No. Make
3: what color
2: this was Counterpunch? <laughs> <it>
3: out,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh! No that that isn't that that is the color wheel, right? I mean like the opposites of each other on the on the back of the magic cards.
1: Yeah. We're going to find that if you run this wheel backwards it's going to be like the Grateful Dead song of some special. <laughs> <laughs> it, if you connect them all backwards and take every other letter.
2: It might have been entirely the the goal there.
0: Yeah, so New conspiracy
2: uh, theory blog post. <laughs>
0: That's right for all you conspiracy theorists, magic players. It's a small niche, but a very, very attentive one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, the commander event was awesome. It was perfectly casual. I mean, I didn't see anybody that was getting in a huff about anything really. I mean, you know, we all had play errors, um, and everyone was like, "Whoops, well, I screwed that up," and it wasn't a big deal. Um, even though there there was a prize on the line, everybody was very cool. I don't know. This is this is definitely a step in the right direction for for Magic.
1: I definitely agree. I uh, I couldn't say, you know, I I couldn't find any way to have have found a better sort of casual format to have gone mainstream with, you know.
0: Yeah. So I think that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, it's been really fun to talk to you guys about uh, the commander event and uh, you know the new standard which is about to emerge in the coming weeks. So I guess uh, if you guys don't have anything else to add, uh, we will say adieu and see everybody next week.
1: See you next week.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to look us up at www.casualplaneswalker.com or search for The Casual Planeswalker on Facebook to keep in touch and stay up to date with all the latest news we're bringing to
1: you.
2: Thanks for waking my cowlamp.